Section 4 of Travels to Oaxaca by Nicholas Joseph Thierry de Menonville, an anonymous translation from the French. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The vessel on board of which I sailed was a brig of sixty feet keel, called the Veracruz Packet. It carried four carronades, two cannon, and a crew of nine persons we had scarcely left the fort before a twelve-oared cutter rowing towards us hailed us on part of the governor what was my consternation i instantly imagined that repenting of having suffered my departure the marquis had sent orders for my being relanded this apprehension threw a deadly pale over my countenance and occasioned such a trembling in my frame that had i been observed i should necessarily have been taken for a criminal di diac quam male es extra legem viventibus quid quid meriurent semper expectant the vicious never pass their time but ill always expecting what will follow still petronius i was however quit from the panic i experienced the mission of the cutter was merely to deliver letters on the part of the governor for vera cruz the sky was serene a favoring wind rippled the easy sea and the vessel was an excellent sailor we kept in with the coast steering as close to the west as possible and at day-fall were already eighteen leagues from the city the wind increased during the night and veered from southwest to east southeast and we lost sight of land and by noon on the twelfth march were parallel with the shoals which bound cape san antonio from the period of our departure we had constantly run six knots an hour with all sails set in the afternoon the sea which had been very rough became more calm and its surface was entirely covered by those mollusks called by sailors galeres we saw several large trunks of trees which had floated down the mississippi into the gulf of mexico and which by the currents of the bahama straits had been sped hither i had before remarked others similar on the coast of cuba where they had been cast by a tremendous storm from the north among these was one which exceeded a hundred and twenty feet in length and of a diameter so considerable that although on shore i was unable to ascend it otherwise than by the branchy end i conjectured from the nature of the knots on the tree that it belonged to the family of pines of the larch kind from time immemorial the whole coast of vera cruz has been covered with them and some are so completely buried in the sand which increases in this port daily that nothing now but the roots are seen these trees are dangerous no doubt to approach in the night but they serve as resting places to an infinite number of aquatic fowl who find rich pasture in the sea insects which engender on them and the shellfish which as to rocks fasten on the trunks roots and branches at six in the evening we had a dead calm the whole night long we sailed with the wind slack but abaft 
at five in the morning of the thirteenth we were again becalmed but a wind arose with the sun on that as well as on the succeeding day though throughout both notwithstanding we had the wind abaft and the line showed a run of ten knots an hour we did not advance an inch the sea through which we cut at a great rate foamed and broke hard against the ribs of our ship like where the wheel of a mill is violently acted upon by a rapid torrent the vessel bore on the same tack riding very heavily but with great celerity we still on the fourteenth continued opposite to the same mountains of cuba we had seen the night of our departure in short we actually had no change of position a consequence when the violence of the current is adverse and equivalent to the impetus of the wind nothing can be conceived more vexatious and tiresome than such a predicament fortunately we had good hammocks and an excellent table the strictest discipline and most profound silence reigned on board and the captain a prime sailor was at the same time though rather taciturn extremely obliging he assured us that for eleven years that he had frequented these seas he never before experienced currents so powerful he added moreover that the worst months for navigating the gulf are september october november and december on account of the prevalence of north winds that in june calms are frequent and that the months of june july and august the rainy season are subject to storms and hurricanes from these observations i determined on returning if possible in january but at any rate and at furthest by august or september at length on the fifteenth in the morning after having doubled the shoals during the night we lost sight of land and by reckoning had also doubled cape san antonio at noon the wind had much increased we furled our staysails and topgallants and directed our course southwest from this time we constantly had the wind either abaft or on the beam that is to say east or southeast on this day i saw venus the sun being at that time five degrees above the horizon the sixteenth we were on the bank of yucatan in the gulf of mexico on sounding we met with fine white sand mixed with shells in twenty-three fathoms of water in the gulf the winds were east and southeast from ten in the morning they insensibly turned to the westward and after four p m revolved from west to east our line showed the run six knots and as we were only a hundred leagues from vera cruz we hoped if the wind should continue favorable to reach it in four days in the three days preceding we had seen a number of fish of the focus seal tribe and three or four hundred porpoises and small focus sported and rolled about our ship occasionally preceding it and seemingly endeavoring the one to outstrip the other in velocity of swimming now springing to the height of a fathom above the surface and falling with a dashing noise now advancing in pairs by the side of the ship and apparently caressing each other 
while at a distance their dams were seen half as large again as their offspring seemingly pointing out to them the course they ought to take how far more pleasing sure the innocent enjoyment of such a scene than amusing oneself as is customary in pursuing harpooning and destroying these interesting animals fortunately for them our sailors had not leisure for such an amusement and separately from this circumstance they lived too well to seek for better fare at four p m we again heaved the lead and found thirty fathoms on a bottom of remarkably white sand the seventeenth with similar ground we had but twenty fathoms from midnight till noon the wind had slacked and we made only three knots but on its veering to the north after midday it freshened so as to double our speed the sky covered with clouds at sunrise became again serene we distinguished certain white birds the size of a duck with the end of their wings fringed with black i likewise remarked a pelican or frigate bird with a complete tail all this announced to us the neighborhood of land during the whole night of the eighteenth the wind blew strong on sounding the lead showed first twenty-two then twenty fathoms with fine blue sand mingled with shells we saw a vast number of porpoises at ten a m at noon the wind which had been south changed to southwest and sunk into a calm we availed ourselves of this to throw out lines to the bottom of the sea these lines have each a hook attached to them with about an ounce of bacon and are precipitated by means of two shot of a pound weight this little exercise is diverting and profitable in an hour's time we had caught two hundred weight of excellent fish they were of three species but all of the perch kind one denominated the negro another a beautiful red sardine the third with long pectoral fins at four a wind sprung up from the north and blew from that quarter the whole night through but afterwards reverted to the southeast we made six knots an hour on the nineteenth we had forty-five fathoms of water from this we conjectured we were but eighty leagues from vera cruz and that in three days time we might anchor before the town this was the ne plus ultra of our wishes but they were not so soon to be gratified in the evening we were becalmed the sun on setting was dimmed by a vapor which though it did not eclipse its light diminished the vivacity of its rays the sky as well as the horizon wore a gloom prognosticating somewhat sad and mournful from seven till eleven the wind was north and our course four knots by two in the morning it increased to a gale the sea ran frightfully high we took in all sails chained up the rudder and left the ship to the mercy of the waves a thousand times did they deluge the deck of our fragile vessel which now rode on their backs and now was enveloped by their overtopping spray the whole of the twentieth the weather was horrid never in europe had i experienced the like 
in these seas the winds from the north blow with violence for the space of four and twenty hours after which they abate for thirty more and cease for three days they are piercingly cold and very frequent so much so that it is rare a fortnight passes in these regions during the winter without their being felt on the twenty first the wind was less violent and veered to the northwest the morning misty at noon it blew northeast and for three hours it continued to rain in the space of eight and forty hours we had not advanced twenty leagues and we yet had fifty to pass which we no longer expected to make in less than three more days the night of the twenty-second was rather a bad one the wind was incessantly changing from southwest to southeast and as well as the mist with which we were eight different times enveloped was every now and then succeeded by a dead calm the rolling of the ship throughout the day was dreadfully fatiguing in the morning a poor little bird of the size of a wren but the color of a green finch came and roosted on the vessel it endeavored skimming on the surface of the sea to fly against the wind but constantly overpowered returned to us again others made their appearance one of which was taken the residue were driven out to sea by the violence of the hurricane at one o'clock a butterfly paid us a visit and was greeted as an infallible index of our nearing the land a trust to which we gave ourselves up with pleasing reliance at night the uncheckered sky was spread before us in all its magnificence a dead calm prevailed and the rolling of the vessel affected us exceedingly at length on the twenty-third we had sight of land the captain at first had doubts but these were soon dismissed it bore south and we found ourselves twenty leagues on leeward of old veracruz we should by this time have been at the mouth of the port had my advice been taken which was on the twenty-second to sail direct before the wind from the north what induced me to give this counsel to the captain was a knowledge that in the gulf of mexico the north wind is but of three days duration now as that was then the third and the regular winds blow from the southeast by steering from north to south at the risk of overreaching new veracruz on the twenty third the south wind which prevails throughout the whole day would have been favorable to our increasing our latitude and recovering the lost way instead of which by being now to leeward of the port we had to beat up against the wind and could scarcely hope to reach the port even on the succeeding day we steered within seven points of the wind and made but slender progress the lands of the coast we saw are more lofty than those of santo domingo they run west and north at night we were but ten leagues off and the sight of them diffused joy and satisfaction through every breast but the wind continuing as little favorable as ever when within two leagues of land we tacked and ran all night through to sea the shore we by this means avoided is that of las tierras leones which stretches to the mountains of alvarado 
from the midst of which of a sugar loaf form rises the volcano orizaba which we distinguished the day before though distant five and forty leagues the country had a beautiful appearance but for the space of forty-five leagues that is to say as far as to old vera cruz it is notwithstanding unpeopled the twenty-fourth in the morning we had made about a league of progress by noon the wind again came to the east nearly large and inspirited us with expectations of entering vera cruz on the succeeding day at four it freshened from the northeast at six abated by eight we distinguished the reefs in the vicinage of the port we fired a gun and immediately after distinguished a light which we conjectured to be from the castle of st john de ulloa and we answered it by a light at our main top gallant and fired a second gun we then perceived a second light presumed from the ship of the admiral of the port i thought it advisable another gun should be fired but was fearful of communicating my opinion to the captain mindful how little attention had been paid to my former observation no doubt had a third gun been fired the major of the fleet who in a galley with thirty men on board had left the port in search of us would not have missed his way we however made some way but with little sail set and constantly sounding the fathoms indicate the passage into the port for the reefs by which it is bounded render it very difficult of access at ten at night we were boarded by two boats each with thirty men on board furnished with cables for mooring us and with anchors and grapplings in case of need they inquired after the major of the port whom they expected to find with us as he had sailed before them they towed us along by dint of oars favored by a light wind we threaded the tortuous labyrinth of the entrance through which at length by midnight we reached the port we anchored under the cannon of the ship belonging to the captain of the port itself at anchor a half cable's length from the castle all night long it rained and we were exceedingly incommoded by the hot and moist atmosphere of this climate as also by the vapors from land at five in the morning i was preparing to land when the major of the fleet joined us this gentleman was don pedro de verthuizen with whom it will be seen i afterwards was on terms of closest intimacy at this instant i paid but little attention to him for judging after the french manner i esteemed him from the old coat he wore covered by a rusty surtout overcoat to be no better than a sergeant of marines he requested my passport which i gave him and he kept and i obtained permission to go on shore uneasy in extreme respecting the reception i should meet with here i put my baggage into the boat and traversed the port on landing at a jetty about ten fathoms broad and a hundred in length which terminates at one of the gates of the city i found there a numerous guard contadores officers of the port and a multitude of curious idlers it was requisite my trunks should be opened 
but they were very loosely examined as soon however as they came to my books they refused to let them pass before a permit for that purpose should be obtained from the vicar-general of the inquisition i hastened to him and found him a little old man with an air of a perfect saint mounted on a chair near a table and reciting his breviary he held out his hand to kiss for my part but little accustomed to a ceremony of this kind and not aware at the instant of his intention i shook it in a cordial manner he requested of me a catalogue of my books i answered that they merely consisted of works relative to physic and natural history suitable to a medical man and a botanist and were so few in number that i had made out no catalogue of them he was satisfied with my answer and the bare mention of the names of the authors and immediately gave me a license for their entry instantly the gates were opened to me i awaited on don thomas taqueria for whom my host at the havana don bernardin liagotera had given me letters the merchant of vera cruz appeared to feel perplexed at this recommendation and informed me that he had no other knowledge of liogotera than what was derived from certain commercial intercourse and i set him much at his ease by informing him that for the present all that i expected from him was the kindness of indicating to me some good inn he pointed out to me one opposite to the gate of mexico which i afterwards learnt was the best in town but after this remark what will be thought of the rest when i make known that the only furniture of my apartment consisted of a table four feet by three and that two benches six feet by three formed the only bed worthy indeed of a spanish gentleman as for mattresses chairs looking-glasses etc all these no doubt are regarded either as superfluities or conveniences of too extravagant a nature as soon as i had safely deposited my effects in this charming apartment i repaired to the general of the fleet don antonio ulloa at his gate i found a guard of ten men his secretary introduced me into a large hall with furniture of very ancient date and announcing me as a gentleman who brought letters from don manuel feliz ruic a little man at most but four feet ten inches high speedily made his appearance dressed in an old jacket of nankeen with silver buttons gray-headed and his hair without either powder or pomatum tied and hanging over his shoulders his countenance was bad but his looks extremely mild and affable and his eyes lively a little diamond cross of the order of st jacques suspended from a buttonhole bespoke a man of rank such was don antonio ulloa i saluted him as i presented my letters these explained the object of my journey and entreated his assistance to obtain a passport for me to mexico he read them attentively promised immediately to write on my behalf to the viceroy 
and advised me to write at the same time myself he invited me to be a frequent visitor at his house and table admonishing that dinner was regularly served at half-past one and insisted on my dining with him that very day to begin finally he caused me to be presented to the governor by the major of the fleet whom i recognized for the same personage who had demanded my passport on repairing to the governor's major don pedro de vertuisen was so kind as to tell me my acquaintance would be very agreeable to him to this compliment i made a suitable reply and i had full occasion to prove it perfectly sincere don fernan palacio governor of vera cruz was a very different character to the general of the fleet his sour looks his rough tone of voice and rude speech predisposed one against him at once he readily granted me permission to reside at vera cruz and botanize in his government but refused to return my passport which the general recommended me to ask for and at my departure pretended even it was mislaid i afterwards learnt that he assumed the governor of the havana had no privilege to grant similar passports and intended to avail himself of mine to his discredit for which purpose he was so obstinate in refusing it me i left him much chagrined at the reception i met with it however occasioned me the less surprise on learning as i did afterwards that he was on unfriendly terms with don ulloa the next day the general did me the honor of introducing me to doña fulana de butillos the lady of the late intendant she was a woman of fifty who had been a perfect beauty and still retained traces of her former charms her lively and natural flow of wit and her noble and open character endeared her to every one the recommendation of the general was undoubtedly of use for that very day she offered me repeatedly her service la casa es de usted my house is yours she several times observed and that in a manner so cordial as persuaded me of her sincerity she afterwards presented me to her daughters and informed me that the youngest was on the point of marriage with m de vertuisen in short she insisted upon my becoming as one of the family at the instant her son made his appearance don juan de butillos a captain of the regiment of the crown soon as she saw him hither my son she exclaimed beckoning him here is a gentleman from your own country this young man in fact had been educated in france and had all the amenity peculiar to our youth such qualifications endeared him but more to his mother who was as partial to the activity politeness and tolerant principles of the french as disgusted with the idleness want of nicety in dress and the fanaticism of the spaniard young butillos was soon on terms of closest intimacy with me he acted as interpreter between me and all of the family and especially the ladies his sisters who were constantly exacting french songs from me 
i translated for them the romance of berkin at which they were softened even to tears and i made hence the conclusion that this little piece is truly as excellent as individually it appeared to myself observing the effect it had on sensible minds though foreigners some days after at the same house i met with monsieur de Fersen, son of the lieutenant-general of that name he advanced towards me and embraced me inquiring news from paris where he was born he added that being apprised of the arrival of a frenchman in the country he had for three days wandered in search of me with all the anxiousness natural to a fellow-countryman when we left the house the lady of it was so obliging to state as monsieur de Fersen kissed her hand that as we were both frenchmen we ought not to be separate and that it was a province he ought to fill the bringing me with him and rendering me partaker of those moments of recreation he occasionally passed at her house this amiable youth led me to his house where i found monsieur du parquet a gentleman from dauphinois as well as himself a captain in the corps de genie engineering corps they made me stay dinner and here i was not a little surprised at finding our beverage cooled with ice nor less at learning that this enjoyment ample compensation for a thousand privations experienced here is obtained for a trifle at vera cruz daily eight mules relieved at regular stages arrive at this city laden with frozen snow from the mountain orizaba distant about forty leagues by this plan a pound of ice is obtained for a real of plate and ice creams a la anana pineapple or a la zapotilla four times as large as in paris those charged fourteen sous may be had for an equal sum the dinners given by the lady of the intendant were served up equally well in town as in the country and what tended to render them the more grateful to me the cookery and style were french in parties formed by the individuals noticed i spent my leisure hours but my botanical excursions were not forgotten they occupied daily the interval between four and ten in the morning End of section 4